Well, happy 4th of July, if such a thing is a thing. So, you know, some people out there, they say the United States is increasingly liberal, and it's such a lamentable fact, and oh my god, oh no, what are we going to do? Well, in truth, the U.S., which has been dominated by far-right propagandists in the mainstream media, is only liberal in the sense that sometimes it doesn't pursue some outrightly neo-fascistic agenda. That's really the difference between liberal and conservative these days. It's apparently somehow still easy for some to see a divide between liberal and conservative or left and right, and that they are both equally heading off in extreme directions. You know, like, like they're, they're both equally as extreme. Well, no. The real stark choice here is between something akin to democracy versus a neo-fascist, kleptocratic, theocracy personality cult, or you might call it a national corporate mega-donor megachurch that taxes its citizens so a bunch of evangelist scam artists can tell everyone else how to live. And, you know, they'll do that in the name of freedom. So I'm going to talk more on the morons causing our patriotic peril. If you don't believe me, I don't know what to tell you at this point. You don't need to take a look at this news article or that. These people are actually telling you what they want. It is or would be a theocracy. It would be a society, culture, and government where you cannot even acknowledge the existence of LGBT people in schools or the history of systemic racism and how, yes, it can and still does impact people today. They tell you that they want to be able to discriminate against LGBT customers and their businesses and that race-based affirmative action is a problem, but so-called legacy policies in universities are not. You know, it's a... It's actually ahistorical in a way, because keep in mind, the main reason that it was decided there could be affirmative action is because the systems of government that the United States had were themselves applying racist policies for, you know, a long, long time. And that's why it was considered fair to have those particular laws in in effect. You know, it was, it was actually a, a part of the, uh, the idea of equality to help set things right from uh, the actual systemic injustice. So there was a logical, factual, and legal basis for it. And, you know, they tell you that drag shows are a problem, but they, they never want to ban clan meetings. You know, how can we ban drag shows but not, like neo-Nazi rallies and such, you know, and that's how, that's how shitty the left is and liberals are at their messaging. They, they never point that out, you know, like the, I've never seen anybody point that out. Um, I mean, maybe somebody has in the mainstream, like a prominent politician or something like that, but I've never seen it so far. And, uh, you know, the uh, right-wingers talk about the need to protect kids from LGBT people, yet they'll never acknowledge that 
If we are being honest and operating under the premise of blocking demographic groups to protect children from predators, we would obviously have to prevent heterosexual men from being around kids. But they don't say that because science and reason are not the point, or, you know, having logical consistency, that's not the point either. The point is hatred against already marginalized groups, so the rich and powerful can divide and conquer the population, all under the name of freedom and, you know, spiritual salvation or whatever. Maybe they'll throw the free market into it if they want, you know. Uh, so this is neither an ironic commentary on the current GOP or an outright lie on my part. This is me acknowledging what the GOP wants from an objective standpoint based on what they're saying out loud. And we've seen similar ideas popping up around the world, not just, you know, in history like the olden days, such as obviously under Adolf Hitler, but in other countries right now, such as Hungary under Viktor Orban, who had passed a similar law to Florida's Don't Say Gay Law. And remember, at the time DeSantis, at the time that law was originally passed, DeSantis supporters were saying, well, the law does not even mention the word gay, so you can't call it Don't Say Gay. And they also said it only supposedly applied to very young children who couldn't hear about gender identity in class, and, you know, they couldn't understand it. It'd be too confusing. I mean, what, you mean parents, you, you can have more than one mommy or daddy? Oh, no, that'd be, that's, that's just a bridge too far, I guess. But there are new bills expanding on that old law, making it illegal to mention gender identity even to eighth graders, which is, you know, pretty messed up. So it's all in the name of protecting the children. That's how they sell it. Never mind all the sexual predators in churches, of course. They're all supposedly in schoolrooms operating on the sole premise that gay people are acknowledged to exist. That apparently is tantamount to molestation somehow, you know. Um, even though I heard about gay people when I was a kid and I never felt like I was being molested by merely hearing about the existence of different types of people. You know, uh, the Republican discussion of these issues is so poorly presented, biased, and a political distortion, but the liberal and leftist messaging and response has apparently not been such a rip-roaring success. Really, our best hope to overcome this BS is that younger voters show up and not just vote, but also be willing to go on strike, perhaps, in some cases, until some of these discriminatory policies are stopped in these states. Because honestly, and I'm not merely saying this from some radical ideology, but voting alone is not going to be enough. After all, people tend to only vote every two to four years. That leaves a lot of time gaps in between for society to fall between the cracks. Voting by itself is not the glue that holds society together, nor is it the sole way to exercise one's democratic principles. After all, one of the primary elements of democracy is the basic concept of equality, equality before the law, and also, perhaps more importantly, equality in principle, regardless of what the law says. You know, 
just having a culture uh, around that favors the sentiment of equality as a general truth. If you don't have that, your votes might not even be entirely meaningless, but they can easily become pretty close to a hollow exercise in futility. You know, because sure, you might be able to vote something into existence on a temporary basis, and it might be good, but what happens in the next election? Well, whatever you determined could just be struck down. You know, as we've seen, when you have like a radical Supreme Court that no longer respects legal precedent anymore and is just full of ideological blowhards, you might say, and obviously some corruption for good measure. So there are cultural issues requiring cultural solutions here. And you can really try to understand what's in people's heads, or you can just ignore that and try to shout them down. That's up to you. But I do know that discussion or debate does have a time and place, and sometimes minds can be changed, which is a good thing. And if, if enough things chip away at, you know, certain beliefs and value systems that are, you know, just out of sync with reality, or maybe there is one big event or vantage point that brings a person around, you know, I, I would say that would be something to strive for. Unfortunately, of course, you'll have to put up with some simpletons who fail to see the severity of some of these bad ideas that are cropping up again. Some will just see these as abstract ideas, or maybe they're too bogged down by an alternate reality due to conspiracy theories or something like that. There are also people who really want to see different sides as being equal, as I already kind of mentioned. They want to see that every opinion is you know, equally good, or they're neither good nor bad compared to each other, you know, they just want to see everything on equal standing. You know, it's, it's fairness to the point of being unfair, really. They treat politics as if discussing sports teams or the weather. Sometimes you need to explain to people the very real consequences of who and what they're voting for, because I guarantee you that some of these people, possibly a lot of them, do not fully get it. And you, you need to explain, you know, what kind of cultural values they're actually abiding by or supporting. And, you know, j just, just like, just like somebody will try to correct me when I'm wrong about something. Um, I, I accept that sometimes, you know, and uh, a lot of these people are more, a lot of these people are more fair-minded than you might think. Um, you might believe they're all closed-minded and none of them can be reached and all that kind of stuff, but s sometimes it can actually work. Uh, anyway, more generally, the agenda is extremely clear to some of us, but not to all. It is theocracy tied to a capitalist-led globalization. Funny, though, that it makes some U.S. media pundits too uncomfortable to mention that about these obvious conflicts. One must apparently make some choices, but it's not often acknowledged that these choices often pit logic and science against faith and prejudice and fear. Some people mention this in mainstream media, 
but they don't stress how, to a large degree, these problems stem from generations and generations of people, including liberals, in fact, maybe especially liberals, saying it's impolite and needlessly divisive to question religious claims about the universe and about society. Even as people with these beliefs are heavily active in U.S. government, it's actually politically incorrect to say, no, your belief is wrong. And it is a challenge among liberal politicians to address these issues because they are supposed to be secularists and not act in ways which favor any religious or anti-religious view. But that secularism is not being applied by theocrats who use this built-in advantage in their attempt to steamroll everything else into the image of far-right pseudo-Christian mania. You know, moral panic after moral panic, you know, there are witches and goblins and ghouls everywhere, you know, kids with litter boxes and schools and, you know, maybe, maybe Ozzy Osbourne really did talk all those kids into committing suicide and, uh, you know, uh, fentanyl laced Halloween candy and, and all that fun stuff. So because our politicians can't adequately speak up against theocracy because the, uh, liberal Democrats are understandably trying to be secular. It's actually up to voters to get that message out. Atheists, you got to come out of the closet now more than ever, which leads us to the question of what we're, we're choosing to fight for rather than just against. And that's a good question. It's not so funny either. You know, like this, unfortunately, is not going to be the funniest episode um, because, you know, I'm trying to speak plainly here and not make it clumsily humorous. I'd say that from my vantage point, uh, we'd be fighting for something for which there is no sensible alternative than the right to not live under some theocratic cult. You know, that's a, that to me is actually a pretty sacred, right? <laughs> it, it makes sense. Um, I'd prefer that over a lot of different scenarios to actually be, you know, free from living under some sort of theocracy. Right now, that is basically the main issue until we finally put the final, final nail in the theocratic coffin. I don't think we can adequately move forward on practically any issue to advance as humans. We need an advanced understanding or something close to that. And we cannot get that under some theocratic cult that seeks to whittle our freedoms and rights away and basically teaches us that anti-science is a virtue and, you know, just makes a bunch of false claims, um, almost like it's a contest over who can lie more often and who can generate more conspiracy theories and moral panics theories. Whoops. Um, anyway... I have not always been a big believer in law and order, but right now, I think that's practically the main way, other than elections and regular grassroots activism, that the theocrats will be defeated, I mean through court cases and whatnot. These neo-fascists were emboldened under Trump, but real punishments will be needed to make them understand that trying to overthrow democracy and install a theocratic, kleptocratic dictatorship has consequences. You know, 
unfortunately, I think we're going to need a, a lot of different court cases to help put out the Trumpster fire. Some of these people need to be afraid to come out in public uh, for fear of being jailed or exiled for treason or ultimately crimes against humanity as some of their policy ideas are truly genocidal in scope if they were implemented. So they, they need to be, you know, constantly called out for their fascistic ways. So the post 2016 era leads to some very strange and stark choices. Back in the 1990s and early 2000s, watching The Daily Show was a drastically different experience for me as a kid and a young adult. You know, politics almost seemed kind of normal back then. Nazis were all in the shadows. You know, they were things that were basically relegated to the history books. You might see an occasional story about some freak who committed some crime, you know, for some Nazi-like reason. But those were basically in the margins, and they seemed to be only a vague presence in America, not something that was looming powerfully. And oddly enough, even if you look back, Roseanne Barr once actually had the most progressive TV show in America, or one of the most at least. You know, she was even promoting LGBT issues, and oddly enough, even had an episode that seemed to praise the punk band Bikini Kill, which is a little bit weird, but it happened. I've seen that episode. However, she, just like Johnny Rotten of the Sex Pistols, who prefers to call himself John Lydon now, but he became a Trump humper as well, which goes to show you partly how much perceptions of people can change and how much rotten ideology can take over. Ironically, Johnny Rotten once sang against the British monarchy, but all these years later, later he made us cringe by supporting the wannabe political dynasty of the Trump family, which no doubt had ultimate aims of becoming a dictatorship. Johnny Rotten, who had once been someone whose opinions I might have valued, flushed my respect for him pretty much down the toilet, and I can now seldom hear God save the Queen the same way again. It used to be a rebellious rock anthem to my ears, but now the rebellion rings kind of hollow. The song even simply sounds worse to my ears than before, and it was a song that I had liked. Uh, it's, it's, it's sad, but, you know, it's something that I just don't hear quite the same. And we are seeing in real time just how easily fascistic ideology can take shape. And because some people are unwilling to see what's right in front of them. So the January 6th people can simultaneously be brave, freedom-fighting patriots, but also... Antifa coordinating with the FBI, or maybe Hugo Chavez, or China, or George Soros, and maybe Joe Biden isn't really the president, and maybe there's lizard people running things from, you know, underground caves <laughs> in the middle of the earth. You know, you might have Marjorie Taylor Greene ranting about Jewish space lasers, setting all these forest fires. You had pizza places that were supposedly full of child sex trafficking. Democrats supposedly tearing off children's faces and, you know, 
getting a rush from the adrenochrome, adrenochrome, sorry. I was probably thinking of the song Kodachrome by Paul Simon. <laughs> but anyway, and they also will talk about a satanic portal over the White House, which was a weird claim made by Roger Stone, and so on and so forth. Yes, those are all conspiracy theories that plenty of Trumpists apparently have been willing to believe to some degree. So we're seeing the political opposition in the U.S. today doing a lot of embracing and befriending of various uh, weird groups that used to be further on the fringe, including white nationalist groups and figureheads that are pushing these conspiracy theories, and they are shockingly successful. It's all pretty overwhelming, but the way to combat this is to simply tell the truth consistently, powerfully, and in ways that are clear to everyone. So um, that aside, obviously you are free to go around, wave a flag, shoot off some fireworks, um, whatever else you might do, get drunk. Uh, I know a lot of people do that on 4th of July and all that stuff. But at the same time, you know, keep your eyes open, know what's going on, and also you have to uh, keep in mind that things are not always going to be easy. Some things have to get worse before they get better, and uh, hopefully they don't get too bad. So, Happy 4th of July.